Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be doing our Week 14 NFL DFS preview. Yes, if you play FanDuel or DraftKings, this is the right place for you. We are going to be kind of recapping Week 13 really quickly for DFS. Then we're going to be going over our top three studs, top three fades, top three values, and top three stacks for Week 14. Now, if you play season-long fantasy then I highly suggest you check out yesterday's podcast, the NFL Week 14 Preview Buy or Sell. That one has much more of a season-long tilt for it um, as opposed to looking at it for DFS purposes, talking about player salaries and values and stuff like that. So I highly encourage you to check out that if you are a season-long fantasy player. If you're a season-long fantasy player and you know, you're still here, then I, you know, obviously my opinions on players are going to apply you know, that I talked about in this episode, if I like a guy for DFS, I'm liking him in season long as well and vice versa. So um, both episodes, if you're somebody like me who plays season long as well as DFS, will help you out and help you win this week. Now, after we go over all the information in this show, if you want to see how I synthesize all that and put it into a lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. That will give you access to my full DFS lineups for NFL, college basketball, college football, and more. And lastly, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I will go over some stats and facts that I don't always get to in the episodes, and I'm more than happy to answer any start, sit, or lineup questions that you might have. All right, so with that being said, let's go ahead and start, you know, start this DFS preview off with a recap of Week 13. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. <laughs> So starting off with our week 13 recap, I'm just going to highlight a few things that we got right and that we got wrong, you know, because it's always important to evaluate what happens. That way you can help yourself, you know, improve your craft moving forward. So what we got right for week 13, our Jaguar stack worked out really well. Trevor Lawrence was not the highest scoring quarterback on the slate, but he was top 10. And Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram were the two guys that you wanted to have stacked with them. You know, big game out of Christian Kirk without scoring a touchdown. Evan Ingram got a touchdown and immediately paid off his value. So the Jaguars stack against the Lions was a good move. Speaking of the Lions, we were right about Amon Ross St. Brown. He was one of the top receivers of the entire day. Um, I believe he was second to Devontae Adams, if memory serves me. And, you know, just... Making that Jaguar stack with Amon Ra as the bringback was the right idea. Um, you know, Amon Ra just has been incredible this season, and, you know, more on that later. But that is something we got right for Week 13. And the last thing we got right for Week 13 is Garrett Wilson. So uh, Garrett Wilson is pretty much, once Zach Wilson's gotten out of the lineup, he's been a top 10 wide receiver. And I still think he's underpriced on DraftKings this week for where he's at, and He's a guy that I'm going to continue to play until he gets price adjusted or until he proves that, you know, he isn't a top 10 wide receiver without Zach Wilson in the lineup. Now, there were a few things that we got wrong, the first of which was the Bengals stack. So Joe Burrow had a great day against Kansas City. So they're taking nothing away from Joe Burrow. But the issue is the receivers didn't score touchdowns. So all the touchdowns went to either the backs or to Joe Burrow. And so it just kind of ended up unlucky that if you went with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, which I did, that, you know, those receivers didn't get all the points you wanted. And so, you know, that stack as a whole was a little bit disappointing, not because of Burrow, but or not because of the offense's success, but because the points were not concentrated among the top two wide receivers. 
Now, the Charger stack, we also got a little bit wrong as well. So it is really tough in fantasy to do a QB running back wide receiver stack. It's got to be a running back that is almost game flow proof that if you know, you're know you winning or losing, he's going to be seeing a lot of action. Um, or if you just have a strong belief that they're going to win or lose, that is going to be good in those circumstances. So Austin Eckhart did not have a good week. When they got down, for whatever reason, they kind of just quit running the ball, which you know the Chargers, I don't know, they're one of the weirdest coach teams in the league. They don't throw it deep. They don't run the ball a whole lot, and they go for it on fourth down. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing over there in, you know, with the Chargers, but you know, Austin Eckler ended up not being a great play because of the game flow. And I also got wrong the bring back. I said to bring bring it back with Josh Jacobs over Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams absolutely went off. Jacobs wasn't bad, but Devontae Adams was the guy that you pretty much had to play if you wanted to win big money on last week's slate. And then lastly, the Steelers running back situation I was wrong about. Najee Harris ended up playing. So I'm hoping that, you know, you as the listener recognize that, you know, when I recommended Jalen Warren, it was on the condition that Najee didn't play. And, you know, Najee did end up playing. So that kind of ruined that. And neither of them ended up really doing a whole lot either. So, um, yeah, that was week 13. Anyway, now let's move on to week 14 content. So here's how we're going to do week 14. We got top three studs, top three fades, top three values, and top three stacks. So we're going to start off with the studs. These are the guys that are high-priced that I am willing to pay up for in daily this week, either because of the plus matchup, because of recent form, whatever. I'll go, I'll go, I'll talk about why, you know, I'm willing to pay up for each of these studs. So the first stud that I want to pay up for is Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson has over 11 targets in four of his last five games. He's an absolute target machine. And this week he gets the Detroit Lions in Detroit, where we have the highest over-under game on the slate. And Detroit home games always seem to you know have a lot of scoring in it believe it or not Ford Field aside from SoFi Stadium which hosts two teams and the Meadowlands which hosts two teams Ford Field has had more points scored in it this stadium or Ford Field let me rephrase Ford Field is the stadium that has had the most points scored in it this season that doesn't host two teams now granted they also got the bonus home game with the Bills but Ford Field, when the Lions play there, it's fireworks. Like, there's a lot of points being scored. And this week, it's time for Justin Jefferson and the Vikings to go in there. I think that Jefferson is a great option this week. Second up is Christian McCaffrey. If you listened to the season-long podcast yesterday, go check that out because I do a deep dive on Christian McCaffrey. A little self-promotion there. But anyway, Christian McCaffrey is seeing elite-level usage. And he has at least six targets in his last four games. So... I think that when it comes to the 49ers offense with Brock Purdy at quarterback, you know, what's a quarterback's best friend? Dumping it down to a running back and letting him make a few guys miss and get yards. Like, it's going to be real easy for Brock Purdy to just say, okay, Christian, here you go, make something happen. You know, it's low risk. It's really helping out the quarterback. And I think that this would be a good week for them to do that with Christian McCaffrey. Now, one reason I really like Christian McCaffrey in daily is always playing the ownership game. So, if you want to win big in tournaments, you got to play guys that are going to be lower owned. Um, sometimes the you know guys that are high owned, the chalk plays, if you will, are going to you know work out, but they're not going to give you a whole lot of leverage over the, the rest of the field if the chalk guys are your guys that do well. So I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be really low owned this week because people are going to look and see the matchup against Tampa Bay and go, oh nope, not doing it. And there's also a lot of other high-priced running backs this week that are viable options. But I like Christian McCaffrey more than any of them. He's seeing a lot more usage than any other running back in the league 
when Elijah Mitchell is out of the lineup, and he's out of the lineup again this week. So Christian McCaffrey is one of my studs for this week. Last stud for this week is Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews averages 18.6 fantasy points per game, where Tyler Huntley plays the majority of the snaps. And in those games, he has 10 targets per game and 85 yards per game. So you're looking at pretty much Tyler Huntley when he's back there, only has eyes for Mark Andrews. And honestly, I don't think they really adjusted his price on FanDuel or DraftKings to account for the change in quarterback and the fact that Tyler Huntley loves him some Mark Andrews. So I think that he's a great value this week, but he's also a guy that I'm willing to pay up for at the tight end position. Usually the tight end position is a place where you can save some salary, but this week I'm definitely willing to pay up for Mark Andrews and find other ways to fit the salary in at other positions. All right, now let's talk about some top three fades. So these are guys that are high-priced, like the guys I just mentioned, but guys that I'm not going to be putting into my lineup this week. So the first one is Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs had only 14 fantasy points last time out against the Jets. Yeah, notice I said only 14. Yeah, that's how good Stefan Diggs has been. But you're looking at a matchup with the Jets where the Jets limit deep passing more than any other team in the league, and Sauce Gardner, I know he's only a rookie, but he's turning into one of the league's best cover corners, and I expect him to be on Stephon Diggs for quite a lot of this matchup. He was in the first matchup, so why not go back to it if you're the Jets? And the Jets' last time they played was Josh Allen's worst passing performance of the, the, the year. Now, it was a very good rushing performance for Josh Allen, but if you're playing Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen rushing points don't do you no good. So I definitely think that Stephon Diggs is a guy that we can fade this week and I just don't see a big game coming out of him with this matchup. The second fade of the week is Kenneth Walker III. So Kenneth Walker III is a guy that is coming into this game banged up. I think there's a possibility that he doesn't even play. And I think that if he does play, he's not going to be the same explosive player that we've seen. And speaking of explosive player, he hasn't been that explosive player in about three weeks. So not counting last game that he did not finish. His previous two games before that, he averaged less than two yards per carry. That's bad, y'all. Like, Najee Harris gets two yards a carry. And so you're looking at a guy who's not been an efficient player. And the Carolina Panthers are actually a sneaky good run defense. You know, everyone remembers the Joe Mixon game for this Panthers run defense and thinks, oh, you know, Joe Mixon went off on him. You can just play running backs against the Panthers. Well, not really, because they haven't given up a top 20 running back week since the Joe Mixon game. And they really didn't do it a whole lot before then either. So that one Joe Mixon game was just an aberration. And, you know, there, as a whole, they're a pretty stout run defense. So I think that this is a deceptively bad matchup. I think that he's not fully healthy. And so Kenneth Walker is going to be on my fade list this week. The last player that I'm fading this week is Saquon Barkley. So Saquon is kind of in a spot where he is declining in his yards per carry on a week-by-week -week basis. He's getting worse as the season goes on. I don't think he is used to playing a full 17-game season because he never has. He's always had some kind of injury. And his workload this year in terms of his carries are really, really high, probably the highest of his career. And, you know, so we're looking at a situation where he is declining. Philly is really tough against the run. And I think that they're going to be trailing in this game. And so I just don't see it with Saquon Barkley this week. I don't see the same upside that I see with some of the other high-priced running backs that are on this slate. Now, one bonus, because when I looked at the raw numbers, I wanted to put this guy on the fades list. And then I looked at some more numbers, and I'm like, holy crap, how could I possibly fade this guy? So here's the guy that I'm most conflicted on this week, and that is Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry has under 100 yards in his last four games. 
In fact, in those last four games, only one of them has been over 60 yards. So he could come in really under-owned because recently he hasn't been doing well. Teams are loading the box. They're daring the Titans to throw, and the Titans really can't throw all that well. So, you know, Derrick Henry is not seeing the same production that he did at the start of the season because defenses are adjusting. However, Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars. Like, you know how Aaron Rodgers says he owns the Bears? Like, this one's worse. Like, Derrick Henry really owns the Jaguars. We all remember the 99-yard run on Thursday night a few years back. But just looking at his last four games against Jacksonville, he averages 147 yards per game in those last four games. And in those four games, he has seven total rushing touchdowns. So that's about almost two per game. So 147 yards and almost two touchdowns a game. Yeah, how could I possibly fade that guy against that defense? So, you know, the recent form is concerning. But if you're looking for a low-owned play with a lot of upside because he owns this particular matchup, Derrick Henry would be a guy to look into. All right, let's take a quick breather, and then we're going to go over our top three values of the slate. All right, now we're going to go over our top three values. So the rules for somebody being in the value section of this podcast is they have to be under $5,000 on DraftKings. Now, DraftKings is kind of the more universally used pricing system because I feel like they do generally a better job of pricing their salaries and it's more consistent. But I do I will mention their FanDuel salaries as well because you know if you're like me, you play on both sites and you kind of look for leverage on both sites. And so I will be going over the FanDuel salaries also, but the rule is they got to be under 5k on DraftKings. So the first value that I like this week is James Cook of the Buffalo Bills. He is $4600 on DraftKings, $6100 on FanDuel. He led the Bills backfield in opportunities, carries and targets in week 13. Like he pretty much had a clean sweep of all the categories that indicate running back touches and running back usage. And he got all the red zone carries and he had the biggest route share. So what you're looking at is a guy that in his most recent game, he led his backfield in carries and yards. He was getting the red zone carries. He was in the game in the two-minute drill and in the passing situations. So why would I not want to play this guy much more than Devin Singletary, who's priced way more expensive? Like, James Cook is the guy that is getting all of the high-value work in the Bills' offense, and I think that this high-value work will pay off. I think this is a good week to pass the running backs, given how good the Jets' secondary is. So I think that James Cook could be in line for a big week this week. Second value. This one's going to be super low-owned, y'all. This is Chuba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers. He is 4,800 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. So Deontay Foreman is a little bit banged up, and while he very well could play, I think that if he does play, he's not going to get the same like 35 carry workload like he normally gets. And so I think that Chuba Hubbard has an opportunity to kind of even out that share a little bit and have a good day. You know, last week, the carry share was only 24 for Foreman to 17 for Hubbard when they played against Denver. So it wasn't like that lopsided like it had been in the previous weeks. You know, Hubbard had that injury and he's back from it now. He's all good now. And so I think that we're going to see some usage go to Hubbard a little bit. And what really makes this a juicy matchup is the fact that Seattle has been really bad against the run. Remember the Josh Jacobs game? And so we're looking at a situation where I think that Foreman is going to have a slightly reduced workload, which will give more to Hubbard. And against this bad run defense, it will give Hubbard the opportunity to shine and have a good week this week. Last value of the week is going to be Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings. He is $4,900 on DraftKings, $6,400 on FanDuel. 
So this is more about the matchup than anything to do with recent performance. Um, Detroit is terrible against the slot. Like, they're just bad. It's a funnel spot for their defense where if you just played the slot against Detroit, you'd be having a pretty much very good value all year long. Like, for real. Just play the slot against Detroit and it'll just work out all year long. And, you know, if you need evidence of that, remember last week, it worked for us with Christian Kirk. He had 19.4 PPR points and he didn't even score a touchdown. So I think that, you know, the slot is a good funnel spot. Now, granted, could the Vikings show up on Sunday and just move Justin Jefferson over the slot? Yeah, but I think that Adam Thielen's their primary slot. He's going to play a lot of snaps there, and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to carve up this Lions defense. All right, so that does it for the top three values. Let's now switch it up, take a quick breather, and talk about the top three stacks of the week. All right, so the first stack that I do want to talk about is the Detroit Lions. So last week we stacked against the Lions. More on that in a second. But this week I actually think it is a really good spot to stack the Lions, right? So this game has the highest over-under of the slate, the one in, you know, Detroit. And Minnesota is 27th against quarterbacks. Their last four games they've given up 22.5, 26.3, 20.6, and 25.6 fantasy points to quarterbacks. So they've been over 20 fantasy points to QBs in their last four games played. That's a fairly long streak, in all honesty. Now, what we really like about this Detroit offense is now DeAndre Swift is back fully healthy again. He is off of the injury report now. And he's only had two games this season where he didn't show up on the injury report and he had at least 20 fantasy points in both of them. So I really like the opportunity to stack with DeAndre Swift because, you know, we talked about how good Detroit's offense is. There's still very well a possibility that they could lose this game. They're actually favored, which I thought was weird. But there's a possibility they could lose this game. And DeAndre Swift really excels in losses, as does Amon Ross St. Brown. Both of these guys, when they are losing and the Vikings or the Lions go super pass heavy, they get a lot of action because they're the two guys that the target share is concentrated around. And so I really like those two guys together. I think that this is a great opportunity for a quarterback, running back, wide receiver stack. So I'm going with Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, from playing those three guys, the average remaining salary that you must have on DraftKings would be $5,133, and on DraftKings it would be $6,183. Now keep in mind that we didn't mention a tight end or a defense yet, and so the tight end and defense will greatly help those numbers and allow you to put more you know, high-dollar players in there. Um, so just something to keep in mind when I go over those numbers. Now when we do stack, we like to bring back with a member of the opponent team, right? So... The bring back in this case, in my opinion, would be Justin Jefferson or TJ Hawkinson. I think you could do it with Adam Thielen as well if you really needed to save salary. Now, as a whole, a cheaper look for the entire stack would be to do DJ Chark instead of DeAndre Swift. So Minnesota is really bad against outside wide receivers, and DJ Chark pretty much exclusively lines up outside. He's had a few good weeks in a row now. So I think that DJ Chark would be a really cheap, really low-owned option if you wanted to make this stack you know, a little bit more off of the chalk. Now, the second stack that I want to talk about is the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you remember when I said how we were going to stack against the Lions? Well, here's the stack against the Lions. Now, what I really do like about this one is, theoretically, this gives us a little more upside than the previous one, and it's a little cheaper, surprisingly. No, I'm sorry, it's not cheaper, but it's not that much more expensive. So you're not losing a whole lot of cost if you choose to stack the Vikings instead of the Lions. And like I've said before, no building averages more points scored in it than Ford Field. 
And the Lions are bottom five to both quarterbacks and wide receivers. I don't think this is a spot for Dalvin Cook. I think that this is a spot where the Vikings are just going to throw, throw, throw all game long, and the Lions are going to throw, throw, throw all game long. And so this is a spot to play the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, not the running backs. So this stack for the Vikings would be Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. Now, the average remaining would give you $5,000 remaining on DraftKings and $61.33 on FanDuel. If you are bringing it back, you can bring it back with Amon Ross St. Brown or DeAndre Swift. We've talked about before how both of these guys are good in losses. And so if you're stacking Minnesota, you obviously think they're going to win, right? And so you want to play a guy who's going to be good in a loss, and that would be probably Amon Ross St. Brown or DeAndre Swift. I think either one of them would work. Now, obviously, that part is up to you. I personally think that it would be a more interesting wrinkle to go swift, but Amon Ra is just super tempting. Just know he's going to come in high-owned, and so you're going to have to find another way to get different in the rest of your lineup. Now, if you did want to switch up this stack a little bit, you could switch up Jefferson or Thewin to make it TJ Hawkinson. If you wanted to be really different, you could go with the Cousins-Thewin-Hawkinson stack and just fade Jefferson, but I don't think I want to do that. But TJ Hogginson is definitely an option at tight end. And if you're stacking the Vikings, he's definitely an option to put into that stack. All right, now the last stack, or before I talk about the last stack, I do want to give an honorable mention. So a Philadelphia Eagles stack, in my opinion, would be very interesting. But I don't think that the salaries work out to go Hertz, Brown, and Smith. So what I would probably do is I would go Hertz. Take your pick between Brown or Smith, and then go Quez Watkins at the end. Because Quez Watkins has seen his target share pretty much double since Dallas Goddard got injured. You know, Brown and Swift, or I'm sorry, not Swift, Brown and Devontae Smith have had their target shares go up since Dallas Goddard went out. But Quez Watkins has had it go up by pretty much more than anybody. So I think that if you were stacking Philly, go with Hertz, go with one of those two receivers, and then go with Quez Watkins, and you'll have a lot of flexibility with the rest of your lineup to build it out. Now, the third stack, the last stack that I do want to do a full deep dive on, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They worked out for us last week. I think they'll work out for us again this week. The Titans are actually the softest team in schedule-adjusted fantasy points for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Here's what that means. That goes deeper than just looking at the 1-32 to 32 ranking that is on DraftKings or ESPN or Yahoo or... FanDuel or anywhere, right? So schedule adjusted fantasy points means that compared to the team's average coming into that game, how much do they give up, right? And so if you're playing bad quarterbacks and bad teams, it's not about whether they score a lot of points. It's about whether they beat their average. And so the Titans have the average beaten by more than any other opponent, pretty much. And so when quarterbacks and wide receivers play the Titans, they well overperform their average. That's something to remember. Now, Trevor Lawrence, he's been pretty consistent. He's been over 16 fantasy points in four of his last five games. And if you look at the snap counts, the target shares, you know, everything, Marvin Jones is seeing his role decrease in this offense, which, you know, sucks for Marvin Jones, but it's easier for us to stack because now we almost don't have to worry about Marvin Jones. And so when we set up this stack, I would go with Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones. The average remaining will be $5,500 on DraftKings and $6,483 on FanDuel. And even if that wasn't enough for you and you wanted to make it cheaper, you could go with Evan Ingram in place of Zay Jones. That would be a really cheap tight end to play. Um, I would keep Lawrence and Kirk, though. I don't think I would go Lawrence, Jones, Ingram. I, I'm not a fan of that one. 
Now, if you wanted to bring this one back, the only two legitimate bring back options would be Derrick Henry or Traylon Burks. Personally, I think if you're going out the full GPP route, go Henry because he's going to be super like high risk, high reward because of, like I mentioned earlier with him, you know, he wasn't a full fade, but he was about to be in the fade section. His recent form hasn't been great, but he does own the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that would be a very interesting option. And that Jaguar stack, y'all, it's so cheap. It would allow you to fill out your lineup with pretty much whoever you wanted to. Now, one last thing is to talk about defenses. So when we do defenses in fantasy football, we or really daily fantasy football, I should say, we always want to try to find a cheap option. We want to conserve salary, right? And so just looking at the salaries this week for the defense, like I said, we don't want to just you know play a team at the top. So Kansas City, Dallas, it all make, they both of them make a lot of sense. We're going to look further down the board. And so the defense that I would personally go with, I would give a shot to the Jets against the Bills. They're $2,500 on DraftKings, and they are $4,000 even on FanDuel. So I just think that this is going to be super low-owned because who wants to play the defense going against Josh Allen, right? But the last time they played the Bills, they had 10 fantasy points. And so I think that this is a great spot for that Jets defense. They're one of the best young defenses in the league. And they're probably going to be the defense that I start a lot of my lineups off this week. I think that the Carolina Panthers are another really good option, and they're really far down the board. I think with a you know kind of banged-up Kenneth Walker, I don't think that Seahawks offense is going to be as effective as it has been in weeks past. All right, so that does it for the DFS preview show, y'all. So hopefully I gave you guys a lot of options that you can get into your lineups this week and maybe a few to not get in your lineups this week. All I ask is that if you do happen to win the Millie Maker with some of my advice, give me a shout-out, all right? I know the odds of that are super slim, but, hey, if you, if it works, I'll take it. So anyway, like I said earlier, if you want to see how I synthesize all that information and put it into a lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I put all of this into one lineup that goes on to the Patreon, all right? Now, as always, also, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll give any lineup suggestions, any start six suggestions that you might have. I'll also share some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the show. So, with that being said, y'all, good luck this week. Make the right place, and hopefully everything works out for you. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.